You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Welcome to Your Career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont, and we are coming to you live from beautiful downtown Conroe, Texas on IRLoneStar.com, 104.5, 106.1 on your dial. And uh, today I am really excited because uh, back by popular demand, we are going to have an incredible guest who's already rolling in, in Chicago. He's he's ready to rumble. You know, we, we unfortunately, the state of Louisiana has blocked him from trying to travel down to Texas. So uh, so we've uh, got him on the phone again from Chicago, and we're going to be talking about resumes. We're going to be talking about interviewing and all sorts of stuff. But uh, first of all, a little bit about me. I'm your host, Todd Bermont, author of 10 Insider Secrets to Winning Job Search. And I also head up sales and marketing for Evolve. We design and build data centers. And uh, so let's start the show like like I normally do, talking about the uh, economic reports. And uh, I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit here because the the economic reports are, are not as good as they've been. First of all, um, for the monthly jobs report, 138,000 jobs were added in May. And uh, this was a lot lower number than last month. And those of you that have been listening to this program for a while know that I, I've been getting on the media and, and getting on Congress to stop attacking President Trump's agenda because it was going to have negative consequences for the economy. And I'm afraid that these jobs reports are starting to show these negative consequences. When you have all this stuff out there, like people wanting to impeach the president and people blocking the Obamacare uh, reforms, which are so desperately needed, and uh, people uh, blocking the income tax decreases, which are desperately needed to keep this economy going. When you have people from both parties blocking this agenda, that's going to cause this economy to slow down, and, and it's going to cause people to hesitate when it comes to wanting to create new jobs. And uh, so this last monthly jobs report of May, there should have been a lot more jobs created than 138,000. So uh, this is starting to have a negative impact on the economy, all this uh, stuff that's going back and forth. And, and I'm going to pin the blame on both sides of Congress here. Um, you know, I almost expect it from the Democrats to be fighting the Trump agenda, but I do not expect to be seeing the Republicans in Congress fighting the Trump agenda. Now, you folks were elected to get stuff done. It's time to get stuff done with tax reform. It's time to get stuff done with Obamacare. And it's enough about all this collusion crap, you know, as far as folks influencing the election. I can tell you that nobody from outside the country had any impact on how I voted. I voted for the candidate. No Russian entity or any other foreign country had any impact on how I voted. And I can almost guarantee you with 100% certainty it had zero impact on the entire nation. So it's time to put this stuff aside and it's time to get back down to business. And uh, speaking of getting down to business, uh, one other report I want to share is uh, the initial uh, unemployment claims. Uh, for this week, 248,000. So it's still a good number, but again, this number is too going in the wrong direction. 
Uh, the previous week, it was right around 234,000. So that means more people are being let go. So it's very important that we get this economy moving again, that we start passing these reforms that the president wants to pass because they're positive for the economy. So with that, I would like to welcome our incredible guest from Chicago. And uh, Dave DiVincenzo is a gentleman that I've known for years. And, uh, uh, you know, together we've gone through the trials and tribulations of, uh, you know, through our careers. And, and uh, together we've helped lots of people find new jobs. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about a live case study, a good friend of, of Dave's that we've been helping out over the last couple of weeks. Um, but with that, first of all, welcome to the program, Dave. God, how are you? I'm doing great. I, 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 I will now get off my soapbox. <laughs> well, you got, now you got me on my soapbox being in Illinois. The, the, the evil geniuses, our politicians here, the Democrats and the Republicans, they can't get along. They passed an unbalanced budget. We've been going on for three years, but we just started our third year without a budget in Illinois. Yeah, I just saw that the state had its bond rating derated to junk status. It's uh, the lowest status of any bond rating for any state in the, in the nation. I tell you, I'm thrilled that I moved from Illinois to Texas. You ought to, you ought to come on down, Dave. Well, I, I'll tell you one thing. In another year, Illinois is going to be a big pawn store, the way, the way these politicians in Illinois are going. Republican, Democrat, I don't care. they got to get this fixed. And the, these, there's guys in politics, these guys in office in Illinois that have been in office for 30 years. And the only reason that they're still in office is because of all their government jobs and all of their cronies and everybody else just keeps voting them in. Yep. They got to go. They have got to go. This is ridiculous. And all this is doing is hurting, hurting everybody in this state. Well, not only that, so, uh, you have on, a tremendous amount of people moving out. Go on. go on. Yeah, you have a tremendous amount of people moving out. And it's negatively impacting the jobs in that state as well. Even the mafia is moving outside. They can't even do anything anymore. <laughs> All right. So with that, now that we've offended half of our audience, let's let's go on to uh, the the topic of the day and actually talking about how people can help. You know how, how we can help people with the job search. And and I want to <clears throat> focus on the fact that um, you know over the past couple of weeks we've been helping out a friend of yours who um has been out of the workforce for a little while and, and looking to switch careers. Uh, is that correct, Dave? Uh, yes. Yes, she was with the company for 37 years, um, worked her way up through the ranks. When we first started working with her, Todd, it was I have only had one job for 37 years, and we both looked at her and said, no, you've held six different jobs for that company, and each time – you got a promotion. You got a new job with more responsibilities and more money. Oh, yeah. You see the light bulb going off. So, um, yeah, just don't think because you've been with a company for six, seven years or 10 years or 15 years that, oh, you've only been with one company for, for since you got out of college or you've been there for life. Uh, it's, so, it's so true. In fact, uh, in the Ed to Go class that I teach every month, 
Um, we have a few students that uh, are in the same boat this month, and and they've been with the same company for 20, 30 years and, and let go. And, um, you know, they're wondering, well, how do I, I put this on the resume? Well, uh, you're absolutely right, Dave, that each position that you've held in the company, you, you almost treat it like a separate job on the resume. You can keep it under the main heading of that company, but certainly list each independent job that you held during that time, uh, along with the, you know, the dates and treat it like they were separate jobs. Cause in essence they were, and it shows a, uh, a strong career progression in a lot of cases. Now, in the case of your friend though, uh, it was really interesting because she's, um, uh, wanting to switch careers. And, you know, when we were working with her resume, we both were a little fearful that if she focused too much on her past career, if you will, that it would raise a lot of red flags with with the job that she was trying to get now. And uh, would you agree with that, Dave? Well, it's funny is when we first started looking at a resume, we were both looking at using her existing career and then tying it into what she wanted to go move into. And then we both kind of like bumped heads in the middle of the night and we're like, no, wait a minute. She's been working with this organization for 20 years as a volunteer, and we took all of her successes as a volunteer for this organization and made those the prime, her 20-year her experience as a volunteer, because that's her passion, and this is what she wants to do full-time. So we turned that into her past career and made her 37 years at the company second. Yes, absolutely. And for those of you in the audience, you know, to give you a little further background, because you might be wondering, well, what exactly are they talking about? So, so this individual worked for for a uh, regional bank in the air in uh, the area for thirty seven years, and um, was out of the workforce for a while. Tried one career uh, that that didn't quite work out for about a year, and then um, has been out of the workforce again. And uh, she really realized that her passion was was working with this particular hospital in their local community. And she's been a volunteer at this hospital for years, like Dave said. And, and a job opening came up that is ideal for her, utilizing the very same skills that she's given away for free as a volunteer over the last 20 years. So, so what we did was we crafted the resume. We, we really, because our, our main concern was, first of all, she held a, a, some big titles at the bank. And, um, you know, our, our big concern was that uh, she would be viewed as being overqualified if we focused too heavily on her past career. Um, and then there was really nothing, not a lot that was transferable or relevant from the past career for the position that she was, that she's looking to get. However, with the volunteer experience, it's completely transferable. So, so we totally reformatted the resume and focused 85% of the resume, like Dave said, on the volunteer activities that she did for that hospital and all the money she helped raise for the hospital and all the events she helped coordinate for the hospital and focused on those types of quantifiable results that she did as a volunteer for the hospital. And it really demonstrated that, hey, this person already knows our institution, institution inside and out, and she can step right in 
and and make things happen. And uh, we're going to go to a break, but when we come back from a break, I want to ask you, Dave, if we were successful in getting her the interview, because originally she didn't have an interview before we got, uh, we updated the resume and got it in front of the key decision makers. So when we come back from the break, I want you to let the listeners know whether she was able to get the interview with this new formatted resume. So you are currently listening to your career with Todd Bermont on IRLoneStar.com, 104.5, 106.1. Stay tuned for much more. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936 936- Six four seven three seven seven six. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to your career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont. And each week we come to you live from beautiful downtown Conroe, Texas. And uh, prior to the break, we were talking to Dave uh, with Dave about how we took a resume that was focused completely on one career, and that was the 37-year career at the bank, and we restructured the whole resume to focus instead on the volunteer experience at the hospital and all the things she did for that hospital as a volunteer. And I'm curious, Dave, was she able to get the interview with that reformed resume? Um, yeah, she did get the interview. And uh, how, how she found out about the position was we were talking about on our last, on the last show I was on about networking and using contacts and uh, people you know in the industry. Um, how she found out about the position, in fact, the day she had a board meeting she was supposed to go to, she had uh, surgery, minor surgery done on her eye. And... Um, uh, the board meeting, they announced this position opened up and one of the girls that she works with very, very, very closely on this uh, charity, this organization, told her about it. Okay. So she was, so she used the networking. The networking worked for her, and um, she got the. We sent them the resume. We filled out the application online, and um, or she did, and um, she got the she got the interview. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, so now let's talk about the interview because, uh, um, you know, one of the things that we talk about in this program so often, Dave, is the importance of treating each interview like a football team treats a major game for the week. You know, a football team will practice and prepare an entire week for one three hour game. And uh, they'll study the film. They'll they'll practice their plays. They'll uh, <clears throat> you know practice the fundamentals for an entire week for that one three hour game. And one of the things that we suggest people to do is to put that same kind of practice and preparation into your interviews. Because let's face it, the interview is the Super Bowl, right? Especially in in the case of this friend of yours that uh, wants this job so badly at the hospital. Um, it's like the Super Bowl for her, right? 
So, uh, so I'm, I'm, yeah. just, so I'm just curious if uh, you could go into a little detail on on uh, the practice and preparation she put in before the interview, and and uh, and then the outcome and the ramifications that happened during the interview. What's interesting is I asked her, um, tell me about, hey, you know, I, I took the role of the person that was going to interview her, who she knows from the organization, but strictly on a business level to the point of, you know, I've known you for nine years, but I really don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. so tell me about yourself. And um, I said, so if she looks at you and says that exact same thing, how are you going to answer? What are you going to say to her? Well, I've done various jobs at the bank, and this is what I've done. And I'm like, uh, no, this is how you need to answer these questions. And uh, we actually practiced some questions. I was with her on the phone, and we actually practiced some questions on the phone of, um, why do you want this job? Do you feel like you're overqualified for this job? Why, why, do, you, why do you think you uh, would be a good fit for this role? And um, just kind of fine-tuned the answers and um, kind of made her feel very comfortable knowing what the responses should be to the questions okay. and not having to sit there and think of stuff in the back of her head while she's sitting there trying to come up with answers. Right. And uh, how much practice and preparation would you say she put into uh, preparing for the interview? Um, I would say probably about 10 to 12 hours. 10 to 12 hours. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yes. So, so, when, yes. She, so when she was in the interview, how closely aligned were the questions that uh, came up in the interview to the ones that, that she practiced? Um, pretty much right on target, all on target. Um, she asked her, you know, I, I've, I've seen you. I see you at board meetings. I talk to you at board meetings, but I don't really know who you are. Tell me about yourself. Um, what have you done? Well, tell me, tell me what you've done, what kind of responsibilities you've had. Do I know the roles that you played as president and vice president, secretary and treasurer of, of this board, but what were your responsibilities and what would you do? And the only question that threw her was, do you know Microsoft Publisher? Interesting. And, and how did she answer that? Uh, she answered it correctly. And honestly, she said, no, she goes, I do know Microsoft Word and I do know Microsoft Excel, but I've never had to use Microsoft publisher before. Why do you need, what do you use publisher for? Mm -hmm. She says, well, we put out schedules, we put out programs, we put out brochures, we put out flyers, and we use publisher. So, and that was something we didn't plan for in the interview, but I, I told her, I said, if you can learn or if you know Word, you can use publisher. If you can learn, if you can use Word, you'll have no problems with publisher because 90% of the stuff you're going to do in Word, you can copy and paste in the publisher and just kind of refine it and tool it a little bit. Yeah, and, and so, that, but she's waiting. Oh, go ahead. But she's waiting. 
but she's waiting for a second to notice on the second interview. And ironically enough, tomorrow night, there is a, a, a hospital event. And guess what? She's part of this hospital event. She's the one that's co-chairing it and running it. And will the person she interviewed so, with be there? I don't know. I don't know. Well, well, I let's well, well, let's talk about this. All right. So uh, we're going to give a little advice live on on the radio here. Um, what do you think of the idea of her reaching out to that person and saying, "Hey, I'm going to. Are you going to be at this? What is it? A fundraiser or a ball? What, what what type of event is it? It's a fundraiser. So she should absolutely." It's a great excuse to get in front of her. Great excuse to reach out to her. Either pick up the phone or, or send an email, but, you know, ideally pick up the phone and call her and uh, say, hey, I uh, just wanted to let you know uh, I'm heading up this fundraiser that's, that's going to be at the hospital this weekend. Are you, I'm curious, are, are you going to be there? Because it would be great to catch up. I told her to do something completely different. All right, so what was your advice? walk right up to the CEO tomorrow night and, and bring the job posting and say, I want this job. <laughs> well, you know what? I like that too. I, I, you know what? I think they're both, I think they're both good piece of advice. You know, first of all, I think she should absolutely reach out to the person she interviewed with and just say, Hey, you know, I'm curious. I'm, I'm heading up this event tomorrow night and yeah. uh, just curious if you're going to be there, you know, it'd be great to catch up and, and Oh, by the way, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to a second interview. Any ideas of where that stands? You know, see if she can get yep. an idea of where she sits even before she talks to the CEO tomorrow. And uh, then from there, I think it's absolutely a great idea to go up to the CEO. And yeah, I love that idea. <laughs> Bring the job posting and say, I just interviewed for this job. It was a great interview. And um, I want this job. What do I need to do to get it? When can I start? Make it happen. Yeah. When, make when, make when, it happen. Yeah. So I think she should do both things, Dave, because I love your suggestion. Yep. Um, and I, I also like my suggestion of uh, knowing where you stand, uh, ideally, before uh, before you get in front of that CEO. So, um, well, well, naturally, Todd, you're going to love your suggestion because you came up with it. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> The, the brutal honesty of Dave. <laughs> but Hi, Jake. How are you, buddy? I'm good, Dave. How you doing? I know I've been quiet this show. You two have been, uh, I mean, your content's good, so I don't want to hop in and interrupt. Yeah, we ought to bring Jake if in. You, uh, well, you know, we got to go. We got to go. Re- I'm going to cut you off again, baby. I'm going to cut uh, you off. Well, Dave, I, I, I have not, but here's why. Because my major reaching out point, my, my major person I would go through is currently transitioning from one company to another company. I won't mention the companies. I won't mention his name because it's a little it's a little on the back mm-hmm. back burner, behind the scenes sort of action. <laughs> and, uh, and that's being uh, in process right now. But as soon as that finishes up, then, yeah, I, I'm going to reach out and see, see what connections I can, I can make. Boy, way to put our intern on the spot there. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, I'm going to cut you off, Dave. We're going to a break. But uh, when, when we get back, though, I, I want to include Jake some more because we're going to be talking about building confidence. I have a question and for you and Dave. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, you are listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont on IRLoneStar.com. Stay tuned for more exciting information on your career. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to Your Career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont, and we are having a blast here talking about a real live uh, circumstance of somebody trying to switch careers after 37 years on the same job and uh, having been let go from that job a while back and then trying one career that just didn't quite work out and is now trying you know, to really get into a career that's her passion. So this is live radio, real life circumstance of real people that we're talking about today. And um, prior to the prior to the break, uh, you know, we, we started to involve uh, and, and poor, poor Jake, the intern here, got put on the hot seat by Dave. And because uh, one of the things we were talking about was uh, networking and leveraging contacts in the, in a uh, prior show. And, uh, you know, Jake, you had mentioned that you had a question before the break, and I am dying to hear what this question is. Well, so I, I have two, but I'll start with the one sure. because it actually relates to this person who I want to use as a connection. Um, with the oil and gas industry here in the greater Houston area, with the down period that they've had over the last two years now, and it's you're, you're starting to hear little rumors here and there about it starting to actually come back right. and they're getting ready to do a lot of hiring. What does someone need to do that, you know, was in this industry, got laid off, you know, has had to go find work elsewhere and is ready to get back into one of the, whether it be a major oil and gas industry or, you know, a, a smaller company, what do they need to do? Cause a lot of people are going to be going and trying to pursue these sort of positions. What do they need to do to make themselves stand out compared to all the other people that were laid off with them that are also trying to get back into this industry? Well, that's, that's a great question. And, and let's, let's take it in, in multiple parts. Um, the first part is let's, let's take it by the resume. All right. So the way we want to structure the resume is we don't want to emphasize the fact that so he's currently working outside the industry and wants to get back into it. That's right? correct. Outside of the industry. So, so we want to kind of de-emphasize that a little bit. And one of the way, what what type of job is it, by the way? Well, so a project engineer is what he did prior to being let go, and now he is actually working as just a, a bank assistant manager. So he works for a, just I don't know what bank exactly, but yeah, it's an assistant manager at a bank. So when he was a Project man or project engineer, or what what types of things would you do as a project engineer? I mean, you 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 put together the entire project. So once a project was awarded to said company, and mm -hmm. they would assign a PE, a project engineer, um, to that 
to that specific project and they would go through and make sure that all the equipment was ordered and uh, processed and got out to the, to the job site and that they monitored and managed the job, the project from start to finish. And then the, uh, they handled the conclusion of the actual product uh, project from equipment to, uh, you know, staff people that they needed out there and even all the way down to the budget of, of maintaining the, their company stayed on budget for the entire project. So, so this is all awesome stuff because this is all quantifiable stuff. So, so what I would do, the way I would structure a resume is cert, uh, first of all, we always talk about having a value proposition, not a, uh, not a summary, not in a job objective, but put a, a title value proposition at the top of the resume. And on that value proposition, customize it to the job opportunity and really highlight some of the accomplishments that were achieved as a project engineer. And then I would have an, I would suggest doing an accomplishments section below that. So uh, rather than just diving into work experience and stuff like that, I would put a an accomplishments section below the value prop. Maybe something like uh, I was a project engineer on a you know $35 million job. Exactly. Although you don't want to use the words I in a resume well, and correct, stuff like that. But, so, but so we would have a, that. so like we would have a bullet that would say uh, project engineer for a $35 million project that finished on time and under budget. Um, $20 million, you know, and, and list the types of projects. So quantifiable uh, sizes, mm -hmm. types of projects. And if we were on time or under budget, we definitely want to include those types of metrics as well. And, um, you know, stuff that would really grab the attention of somebody that's looking to hire a, a project engineer. Yeah. Then when it comes to work experience, I would focus on, um, uh, I would de-emphasize the job titles, uh, or it's cer certainly the current job title I would de-emphasize a little bit. And, um, you know, you may even want to have just one or two lines for the current job and have more meat for the previous jobs that were in the industry. Well, I, I guess because my concern is, or not my concern, but his, his concern is, is that, um, you know, there's kids coming out of college now that are, you know, petroleum engineers or mechanical engineers that'll be fighting. He'll have to compete against. And so, you know, I know, and he's got the in, you know, the work experience, but they may see them as, you know, cheaper product rather than him, you know? Yeah, but those those folks coming out of college are not going to have run a thirty five million dollar project, and um, you know so the so that's why it's so important to, to focus on that. Yeah, Dave, chime in. You've been very quiet out there. <laughs> very uncharacteristic. Yeah, I know, and I'm, and, I, and, 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 uh, and and it's driving me crazy. I can't talk anymore. <laughs> the other thing, Jake, is what he has, and we've talked about this before, is he's got the project management and the engineering management behind him as the experience. He's got to play that up as a leader, experienced, knowledgeable, and I can work with team members to help them overcome obstacles and make my managers and assist my managers and assist in a learning and a, in a, in a coaching environment to teach the younger people on the staff how to do things as a backup to the manager just in case. Okay. Now the other question I had for you guys was for the younger the younger people going, you know, from college to their first 
you know, set of job interviews and stuff. What is a good set of questions to ask at the end of an interview? So they always leave that time open and you always want to ask questions. What's a good, good set of questions to ask? Well, I know I got my favorite I, questions, but Dave, I'll let you yeah, jump in yeah. first. Are these, are these millennials, Jake, or are they, uh, uh, people that have been in the workforce for a long time. No, no, people like me, millennials. <laughs> uh, when's the ping pong tournament? Uh, <laughs> when can I take my afternoon nap if I can get tired? Those, those are top questions that I hear from millennials nowadays. Is it really? Or are are you, no, you being I, sarcastic? <laughs> yeah, no, go, go ahead. Jake asked if you were being oh. sarcastic or if these are real questions you've heard from millennials. Uh, one of the companies I used to work for years ago, I walked into the office at, for a meeting, and um, they had a ping pong table in one of the old manager's rooms. I'm like, what the hell is this? Oh, we play ping pong every afternoon. You play ping pong every afternoon? Yep. Yeah. My, uh, my son, he goes to work when he wants. Uh, he works a full day, but if he gets tired in the afternoon, they got a couch in the back room. He go take a twenty-minute snooze. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, Dick needs to add that to the station. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know what? I think that some of the questions would be is, you know, I'm coming in as an entry level. Um, what kind of training do you have? What kind of job advancement do you have? Todd, you got a great question. It's um, June. June 2nd, 2018, and I've been here a year, and I'm sitting down with you for my first year review, and I just knocked the cover off the ball this year. What have I accomplished? Yeah, that's that's, that's one of my favorite question. questions to ask. A year from now, we're sitting in this very same spot, and you're in the process of giving me almost a perfect review. What will I have accomplished? That's such a powerful question because, number one, it employs what we call the assumptive close in sales. You're already assuming that you got the order, that you got the job. Yeah. It also exudes uh, tremendous confidence. It also sends a subconscious message that, hey, I expect to be a damn good worker here and a big contributor. And then by asking the open-ended question of what will I have accomplished, that then will, will give you kind of the it's almost like a, a cheat sheet for how you should position yourself on the interview because they'll tell you exactly what the expectations are for the job by answering that particular question you know some other questions i like to suggest people ask earlier on the interview is you know if you had your ideal candidate what kind of qualities and characteristics would that person have um what are some of the challenges that keep you up at night that i can help solve in this position um, one of the best closing questions to ask is not, oh, when can I expect to hear back from you? <laughs> it's, this is a great job. I am really excited about this job. I think I could jump in and, and have a, a major impact on the success of this team. What's the next step of the process for me to join your team, become a major contributor and make you look like a hero? Okay. You know, I mean, maybe you don't have to be that aggressive with, but, but darn close, you know, what, what are the next steps? You know, and, it, and when you take the personal part out, rather than saying, when should I expect to hear back from you? Instead, if you make it 
focused on the process, then it takes the personalities out of it and it doesn't put people on the spot. And, and by giving a strong close, you know, you want to show that you're interested in the job, that you want the job and that you expect that you'll be able to jump in and do well on the job. So with that, you want to ask a powerful question at the end. This is an awesome job. I, I would love working on your team. What's the next step in the process to make that happen? Okay. I mean, because that's, I mean, that I feel like I hit the end of an interview and I feel like I, I have to ask questions. Otherwise, I don't leave a good impression. But I don't want to ask, you know, dumb questions. And I don't want to ask questions that, that you know, really are just kind of like formalities. You know, because I, I had a professor one time tell me, oh, ask them, you know, what uh, what the everyday attire is, you know, and I was like, I was like, that doesn't seem like a very productive question. That doesn't make it seem like, no. it makes it seem like I, I don't want to come to work in a, in a suit and tie. And if you hire me, I'm not going to come to work. You, you in know a suit what? And tie. It, hopefully you're observant enough that, you know, well, you know, one of the things we suggest is that you get there 15 minutes early. And uh, one of the reasons we suggest that is, you know, so you can freshen up in the restroom beforehand and, and uh, you know, not be stressed out because you're running at the last minute and stuff like that. But also we suggest getting there early so you can kind of watch the people walking around past you in the lobby and stuff like that. And, and, and you know, you can learn a lot about a culture of the organization by just sitting in the reception area mm -hmm. and seeing if people are interacting with each other as they walk by, seeing how they're dressed and all that. So whoever that clown professor was that told you to, <laughs> that, that uh, you should ask about, what is the attire? Are you kidding me? Um, Dave, uh, how about you? You got any suggestions? Well, here's a question, Jake. I'm, I'm interested to hear your answer, and Todd and I laugh about this, but um, Jake, what are you looking for as far as uh, starting salary? Oh, as a starting salary? Well, I think that's a, a kind of a trick question for someone in my position because my industry does not have a very strong starting salary. But I would look for somewhere around the forty-five thousand to fifty thousand range. I mean, that would be if I was getting a full-time, you know, position with a with a major company, then or even you know a smaller company. Yeah, somewhere between the forty-five to fifty thousand range. I think you got. I think you got raised that target. I, I mean, just the starting an entry-level position in this industry it just doesn't it doesn't pay what you know what an entry-level position does in other position or in other industries. Yeah, but you know, one of the things that I would uh, suggest is you're no longer entry level. Well, no, no, not, not anymore. I guess if I, if I left from, you know, I mean, my, you don't, you know, I don't think you should divulge the exact salary that you're looking for at your next position, but th this is a great discussion because, you know, look, you've been an intern now at the, at the radio program and uh, doing an incredible job, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and you've also got a uh, job at, at Fox sports, right? Mm -hmm. And you've also done announcing at football games and stuff like that, right? Yep. So you're not an entry level person. You may not have had a full time job per se, but you've got full time experience to the hilt. Yeah. Okay. So, so we, we definitely do not want you to sell yourself short. You have a lot of experience that you'll be walking in day one with way more experience than some of the other clowns that you might be going. Well, to so let me turn so. that question back on you guys. Then, then how do I answer that question? If if I shouldn't give an exact target range, then how should I answer that question? All because right. I think Dave has mentioned before that oh, I want three million dollars. <laughs> you know. Well, well, you know what? We're going to tell you how to answer that question, but first we're going to go to a break. So we're going to keep people tuned in here. 
So you are currently listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont and Dave DiVincenzo uh, on 104.5, 106.1, IRLoneStar.com. Stay tuned. A Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for summer internship opportunities, a Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to grab the mic and be on the air. A Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world all year round. Be an on-air personality, talk show producer, or YouTube TV podcast editor. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Welcome back to your career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont, and we are going to get right back into answering Jake's question before the break. Dave, uh, before the break, Jake was asking, you know, you know, because you put you put Jake on the spot there, and he threw out a number. And again, oh, I just again. wanted to choke him on that one because you never want to give up. It's like showing your hands at a poker game. So, you know, luckily Jake is past the entry level, and he's going to be looking far beyond that salary moving forward. But, um, uh, but no, uh, Dave, um, how should when 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 you get asked a question, well, what salary are you looking for? How do you respond? And then, and then I'll give my answer to Jake. First off, Jake, how does it feel to be cut off in the middle of a sentence? <laughs> we do that to you so much, Dave. I know. It's What What can we say? <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, Jake, my standard canned answer to um, what, what are you looking for as a starting salary is I'll start at a million dollars and work my way up. And I say it as straight-faced and as <laughs> sincere and direct and i don't say another word after that and i just let them start laughing <laughs> well what if they don't start laughing it's probably not the place where you I want to work anything. it's probably not the place where you want to work if they don't start laughing at that right yeah then then that means it's probably like one of those liberal networks like cnn or msnbc <laughs> they have no sense of humor right <laughs> right exactly <laughs> so all right so you know for you know, you know, we are kind of in the South here in Texas, although we're kind of like our own country down here. But, uh, you know, some folks might not be comfortable with that. You know, somewhat could be perceived a little bit aggressive response to that question. So, uh, uh, you know, for, for, those, for those of you that might not be comfortable uh, with Dave's answer, which, by the way, is a great answer. Um, and it will work great in Philadelphia, and it will work great in New York and Chicago. But, in the uh, more aggressive areas but, of the country. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if, if he's interviewing for uh, uh, a station down in Waco, Texas, might not quite play uh, quite as well. Um, but, you know, but seriously, though, you... you... <laughs> so, so, uh, we go live. We go live to the British civilian complex in Waco, yeah, Texas. Uh, <laughs> now you're going to really get there. us. All right, now you're going to get us in trouble here. All right, so, uh, okay. uh, so, so, yeah, I had to come up with that, right? So, uh, <laughs> you're oh, Todd, me Todd's flustered. Todd's flustered. <laughs> so, so anyway, you know, in poker, you don't want to show your cards, right? 
And yeah. inter interviewing is the same exact way. So you really want to avoid at all possible telling them how much you want to earn uh, because it pigeonholes you. You know, I myself, I think you're worth double, triple that myself. And um, so what, what, you know, Tom, well, the, the, the question, how well, much, you know, what are you looking for a salary? You know, and, I, and a response to that might be something along the lines of, um, I, I'm not sure, I'm just kind of talking off the top what, of my head, but what, turning it around saying, if you were sitting in my position, what would you think would be a, um, an acceptable salary range. Well, well, that's one way of putting it. But but what what I what I would recommend though is that you just put it back on them with a question. So you know when they ask you the question, well, what salary you're looking to earn? Well, that's a really good question, and it has uh, you know a lot to do with the responsibilities and the benefits and everything else. And I'm curious, what range are you targeting for this position? You know, and turn it. So answer the question with a question. You know, you know, say a few things first and then say, so, you know, uh, you know, a, a lot depends on what the responsibilities are going to be, uh, benefits and everything else. What range are you targeting for this position? And 99 out of 100 times, they will tell you the range that they're targeting for the position. So that way you can make them show their cards first okay. versus you yeah. showing the cards. That's a good way to ask, you know, how much are you willing to pay? Yeah. For this position. Yeah, by just saying, what's the range for, you know, you had in mind for this or the budget for this position? Yep. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm so against the online job application process. Because, uh, you know, every month I get people in the Ed to Go class that ask the question, well, you know, you tell us that we shouldn't talk about our salary expectations or what we made on our previous job, but then when we filled out the application online, they make us tell these things. Yeah. And, and and that's why I'm so against relying on the online application to get the interview. I'd much rather you follow Dave's advice of networking. Yeah. And getting the interview first. And then, you know, like I, I can tell you most every job I've ever had, I haven't filled out the job application until literally the day of hire. You know, when they just have to have it as a formality for HR. In most cases, I've not filled out the job application beforehand. I, I think Toshiba was the only job where I had to fill out the job application first. And that was after, um, and even that was after an interview. Um, really? Yeah. So yeah. I, I can't ever think of a job that I interviewed where I filled out the application first. It's always been the other way around where I've had at least one interview first. So that way you're not wasting your time on these online applications too, because they take forever to fill out these things. And I can tell you right now, just the, from experience of what experiencing what other people go through, they don't want to put in that work. I mean, I'm talking, when I say they, people my age, they don't want to go through that networking, whether they're uncomfortable or lazy about the situation. They don't want to have to go through that work. You know, that, that's so. right. All right. So you're trying to break in here. I hear Dave. So, uh, we, we've got about three, four minutes left in the program. How about uh, uh, three, wow. three minutes? How about some final advice on networking and getting interviews for Jake so we can avoid uh, these online applications? Jake, I'm being brutally honest, my friend. Don't wait until your contact lands a new job. Okay. Go at him. I want to get this job. This is what I want. If he's a close enough contact, he should be willing to give you a 30-second phone call, and he knows these people well enough that they'll know who he is. 
Well, I mean, plenty of people know who he is because he's got a mouth like you. So, um, but it's just, yeah. I, and I, I know he's, he's. You should, be, you should be so honored to have a mouth like mine, Chase. Oh, and he says the same thing. I, I, y'all are two peas in a pod, I'm telling you. <laughs> and he's originally from Louisiana, too, so, you know, it, it works. <laughs> Jake, don't hesitate, man, because here, you're banking your future and your job that you want your career your your dream of this is the perfect job and whether someone gets another position they can hire someone in the meantime because you're waiting for your buddy to land a new job understood that makes sense yeah that's that's a good point and uh, you know the the key is folks whether you have a job currently or whether you're unemployed it, it's so key to build your network, to use your network. And uh, I, use is not the right word. Leverage your network is, is, a, is a better word. But um, look, when people come up to you and ask for help, my guess is the folks in this audience offer help. And it's the same thing. When you're networking, ask for help. Ask people for help. You don't have to ask them for a job. You don't want to put people on the spot. You just want to ask for help. But the key is to be focused on what it is that you're looking to do. So, Dave, any final thoughts on your end? We got about 30 seconds. Jake, if you don't get hired, hunt him down and take him out. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. With that, we're getting kicked off the radio, I'm sure. But uh, you've been listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont and our special guest, Dave DiVincenzo. And uh, stay tuned each week as we bring to you real live actionable advice on how to improve your career and once in a while get on our soapbox as well. So thank you so much for listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont on IRLoneStar.com. If you're interested in sponsoring the program, reach out to me at tbermont at IRLoneStar.com. Have a successful week. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respective video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936 647 3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights to this recording and images.